Hi, welcome to Medicines and Stuff podcast. My name is Jerry Kempney. I'm a GB-based pharmacist independent prescriber, and here I talk about medicines and variety of healthcare topics to help you to learn more about this fascinating stuff. This podcast contains information for educational purposes only and does not constitute medical or other professional advice. Episode number 42, Formoterol. Formoterol is called a bronchodilator and it works by relaxing the smooth muscles in the airways so that air can flow into the lungs more freely. This helps to ease symptoms such as coughing, wheezing and feeling breathless. It was patented in 1972 and came into medical use in 1998. In asthma, Formoterol is prescribed normally alongside a preventer, a steroid inhaler, and some combination brands of formoterol also contain a steroid, uh, such as beclomethasone, budesonide, or fluticasone. It is also combined with other bronchodilator medicines, such as aclidinium or glycopyronium, which are used for treatment of COPD. Formoterol is a long-acting beta-2 agonist, LABA, used as a bronchodilator in the management of asthma and COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease. Formoterol has longer duration of action, up to 12 hours, compared compared to short-acting beta-2 agonists such as salbutamol, which are effective for four to six hours. The effect starts quickly within one to three minutes and is still significant 12 hours after inhalation. Following inhalation of a single 120 microgram dose of uh, formoterol humarate, by healthy volunteers, formoterol was rapidly absorbed into plasma and reaching a maximum concentration within five minutes of inhalation. It is estimated that about 90% of formoterol administered from an inhaler will be swallowed and then absorbed uh, from the GI tract. The plasma protein binding of formoterol is 61 to 64% and uh, from this, uh, 34% primarily to albumin. Formoterol is eliminated primarily by metabolism, direct glucuronidation being the major pathway of biotransformation, with O-demethylation followed by further glucuronidation being another pathway. Uh, Formoterol did not inhibit the cytochrome P450 isoenzymes at therapeutically relevant concentrations. Indications are reversible airways obstruction in patients requiring long-term regular bronchodilator therapy, nocturnal asthma in patients requiring long-term regular bronchodilator therapy, prophylaxis of exercise-induced bronchospasms in patients requiring long-term bronchodilator therapy and chronic asthma in patients who regularly use an inhaled corticosteroid. The dose uh, for these indications uh, by inhalation of powder for adult, it's 12 micrograms twice daily. Dose uh, may be increased in more severe airway obstruction uh, to 24 micrograms twice daily. By aerosol inhalation for adult, 12 micrograms twice daily, and those may be increased in more severe airway obstruction uh, to 24 micrograms twice daily. Other indication is uh, COPD, chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, 
and the dose is for adult 12 micrograms twice daily uh, by inhalation of powder for aerosol inhaler 12 micrograms twice daily and uh, for symptom relief additional doses may be taken to maximum daily dose uh, of 48 micrograms per day the CHM, Commission on Human Medicines advice, uh, advised to ensure the safe use uh, for the management of chronic asthma. Uh, the long-acting beta-2 agonist for Motorol should be added only if regular use of standard dose inhaled corticosteroids has failed to control asthma adequately and not to be initiated in patients with rapidly deteriorating asthma and should be introduced at a low dose and the effect properly monitored before considering dose increase and should be discontinued in the absence of benefit and uh, not to be used for the relief of exercise-induced asthma symptoms unless regular inhaled corticosteroids are also used. It should be reviewed as clinically appropriate stepping down therapy should be considered when good long-term asthma control has been achieved uh, cautions are for all beta 2 adrenal receptor agonists uh, the selective ones uh, you know, in arrhythmias uh, cardiovascular disease uh, diabetes there's a risk of hyperglycemia and ketoacidosis especially with intravenous use um, in hypertension, hyperthyroidism, hypokalemia, and susceptibility to QT interval uh, prolongation. The cautions in is should be exercised in hypokalemia because potentially the serious hypokalemia may result from uh, beta two agonist therapy. Particular caution is required in severe asthma or COPD because this this effect may be potentiated uh, by concomitant treatment with theophylline and its derivatives, corticosteroids, diuretics, and by hypoxia. Uh, women planning to become pregnant should be counseled about the importance of taking their asthma medication regularly uh, to maintain uh, good control. And uh, generally, the inhaled drugs for asthma can be taken as normal during pregnancy as and, and breastfeeding. The common or very common side effects are arrhythmias, headache, hypokalemia with high doses, uh, muscle spasms, uh, nasopharyngitis, nausea, palpitations, rash, tremor, dizziness, and muscle cramps. Monitoring of patient parameters in severe asthma, the plasma potassium concentration should be monitored due to the risk of hypokalemia. In patients with diabetes, uh, the blood glucose should be monitored. Uh, the dose, the frequency, and the maximum number of inhalations in 24 hours of beta-2 agonist uh, should be stated explicitly to the patient or the, the carer. And the patient or the carer should be advised to seek medical advice when the prescribed dose of beta-2 agonist fails to provide the usual degree of symptomatic relief because uh, this usually indicates a worsening of the asthma and the patient may require a prophylactic drug. Um, patient or carer should be given advice on how to administer 
formatter of uh, inhalers and how to use the device. So that's it about the formatter. Hope it's helpful. Uh, thanks very much for listening and I'll speak to you at the next episode.